Hello, welcome to Sustainable 217. Welcome, yes, Selfall, to Sustainable 217. How, in the name of all things shell conquering, are you? Oh, I am tip tiddly top. I'm really tip top. I'm so excited because we're going to be talking this week about something which is really big. Yes, it is really big. We've been flagging this for a couple of weeks. So excited are we that we haven't really talked about this yet. We are Sustainable. We are your freak, freak, freaky. I was going to say freaky, freakly, Wendley, freakly environmental podcast, <laughs> friendly weekly little <laughs> environment podcast, all about people and the planet and why sometimes we can have a little chuckle about the good guy winning and who has been winning this week, Ol. Oh, the planet has been winning. Humans and their rights have been winning. We're going to be talking about the magnificent victory, the glorious victory, by a campaign campaign group from the Netherlands called Milieu Defensie, which is Friends of the Earth in the Netherlands. And what they have done is they've taken Shell to court and said, "Shell, you have got to stop being climatey inhofs." Um, and judges have said, "We agree." What? Yeah. Judges never say that kind of thing. I know. I know. It's really exciting. Look, we're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into all that. And we're talking excitingly. We're talking to somebody who has been at the heart of the case. We are talking to Schalke van Oosterhout, who is from well Milieu Defensie, who is talking to us from Amsterdam. Uh, do you know what? Oh, you, you did so well in like pronouncing Schalke's name, and then you just had to go and say Amsterdam. I know oh, it's because I've got that song in my head because my kids play that song. I saw a mouse. Where, where uh, there on the stair? Yes, where? yes, that one. Yes, yes. yes that anyway, one so good, she's yes. talking to us from a house in Old Amsterdam, um, all about how on earth this happened. And what it means, like what actually has the judge said? Spoiler: It is massive, right? It is a massive thing. It will have global. It's already having global implications. It is something about which we are very, very excited. Before we hear from Shalkia, just the usual disclaimer: We do work for environmental charities, don't we all? Yes. But these are very much our own views. So if anything that we say makes you want to take a court case against us and set a global precedent, please. Just take stuff to us directly and not to our bosses. Yes. Yes. See you in court, Babalami. Yes, and of course, please do not forget that we are a listener-supported podcast. If you like what you hear, or even if you don't, but you just want to encourage it anyway for some reason, best known to yourself, you can support us <laughs> at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com/sustainababble. Thank you so much to everyone who does. We really, really appreciate it. We love you very, very, very much. And this sort of thing is what you get as a result of the babble. Well, I mean, we didn't do it. You get to listen to it. We can't take any credit. <laughs> no. Should we shut up? Let's get yeah. on with it. What did we ask Shakir first, Ol? Well, we started by asking a slightly sad, kind of pathetic question, which is, what's it like to win? Oh, what does it? What does it feel like to just what? be successful? What does happiness feel like? <laughs> So, Shalkia, we're, we're going to come on to, like, how this all happened and what happened and why it's important and, like, the, you know, the detail. But I just want... It, this is massive. This is really massive, as far as I can tell. And I just wanted to start by, like, asking what it feels like to 
to be successful <laughs> to win something like this. <laughs> yeah, we'd like we'd like to know what's success. What does success winning feel, feel like? like? I mean, like, put us in your shoes. What what was it? It must have been an emotional roller coaster, wasn't it? How how did it all go? Yeah, honestly, it was a bit weird because we've prepared so many different scenarios for the day. You know, about winning, losing, and all the the in between scenarios. But um, I can tell you that the judge really deserves an Oscar for the way that she presented the verdict <laughs> to us. Like, you know, first she was talking about, oh, climate change and climate change is bad. And then she was talking about Shell and its operations. And I think it was about 15, 20 minutes in that we finally got a little bit too like, is she actually going to do this, you know? so And the winner is... Yeah, because, I, you know, I'm, I'm a climate policy person, right? So, like, I don't really come into courtrooms that often. I don't know about you guys, but, like, for me, that was quite a new experience. So I didn't really have, like, any idea of what that would be like. So, yeah, I was like, are they going to announce the winner in the beginning or... You know how is this gonna go but she really you know created a bit of a cliffhanger moment and then yeah she said something about 1.5 degrees and 45 percent and then the floodgates opened and i was like uh. of course I, <laughs> of course i was working as well you know i was supposed to like analyze what was happening but i don't think i could read a single word of what i wrote down it was just yeah crying my my eyes out yeah Did, did you then not really believe it was going to happen? Was it a surprise to you? No, I mean, of course we had a strong case, right? Like, otherwise we wouldn't start this. So you believe that there's a possibility that can happen. And also, of course, we believe that we're right. Of course, we, otherwise we wouldn't have started this. But this has never happened before. So for us, the question was really, is the judge going to have the guts to actually go through with this? And set such an important president and uh yeah that was just an incredible relief when she actually did and it was yeah better better than i ever expected yeah and i kept on saying to everyone for like the the week after like can you believe it like i can't believe it can you believe it it's like yeah everyone was crazy about my yeah because it's such a surreal thing you know um it's gonna be like when england win the European Championship in a few weeks. Why would That'll you say that? believe as well. Why you would really you say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's get on to what actually happened. Um, this is a big legal case, and I get that legal cases are detailed, which is kind of the point. Um, unlike this podcast, legal cases hey. are detailed. Uh, hey. but <laughs> what? What? Detail, detail we have correctness we do not necessarily have okay fine yeah it's like that there's that famous pianist who was accused of uh oh was it Morecambe and Wise was accused of playing like the wrong notes and he was like, oh, I'm not playing yeah. the wrong notes I'm playing the right notes just in a different order and that's that's very much what we do on this podcast but you are right. uh, are a detailed person and the case is a detailed person so can you distill that detail into kind of simple terms what is it that you were accusing Shell of doing I mean I presume, other than just like being total bastards, uh, like what? And, and it's a couple of years that you since you launched this case, right? So take us back to 2019. What was the fundamental thing you were accusing them of doing? Yeah. So basically, what we wanted to do is make sure that Shell would stop causing dangerous climate change, 
and um yeah that's, that they seems are important doing, yeah <laughs> that's like i mean that's actually what it comes down to and we basically were asking the court to determine that they were doing that and that they should stop doing that um and uh yeah we said that shell should um cut its emissions down by by 45 percent in in 2030 in order to do that basically Historically, they said that Shell will have to cut their emissions by 45% from the 2019 baseline. Um, and they will have to do that in the next 10 years by 2030. So they really have to speed it up. Now, of course, this court can't say how they have to do that. They have to say that Shell has to do that themselves. Because that, that isn't just a random figure, is it? That 45% by 2030, that's what the Paris Agreement says, right? So you were saying you, you Shell, even though you're not like a country you got to do what the Paris Agreement says is is needed, right? So, I mean, of course, you know, a lot of people misunderstand that we're saying Shell should stick to the, the Paris Agreement because it's not like, uh, you know, you can't say that one-to-one -one because, of course, Shell didn't, didn't sign that, uh, the Paris Agreement. But the 45% basically comes from the fact that Shell is such a big player in, in the oil and gas industry. They are um, emitting about 3% of worldwide emissions. Um, and we were saying the 45% is sort of like the average uh, emission reduction that we should do for the whole world. And therefore it should apply to uh, Shell. Um, so that's that where that came from. But um, yeah, and that is because you know, I think we all know that 1.5 degrees is what we agreed in Paris. That will be like the dangerous threshold. If we exceed that, then, you know, all sorts of very bad things are happening. Um, and we have translated that principle um, into national law. And that's how we could sue Shell, basically. Yeah. So. And Shell, of course, it's worth pointing out, I'm sure we will have pointed this out somewhere, it's worth pointing out, are a Dutch company. Yeah. And was the, if I understand it right, the case was you are a Dutch company whose actions are harming and will harm Dutch citizens, right? So this is, that was the basic argument. That is what the, the court finally decided. What we were arguing is that Shell by its actions is... Um, violating human rights by causing dangerous climate change. And we were actually saying that they are uh, doing that and impacting um, everyone. So everyone around the globe also because his actions are everywhere around the globe. Now the judge um, thought that was a little bit too difficult to determine what exactly the effect of climate change is on everyone in the world. So they basically narrowed it down to the impact of Shell's actions on um, inhabitants of the Netherlands and um, yeah also uh, I don't know what the English word is but the territory of the the Wadden Sea basically which is a little bit of Denmark a little bit of Germany ah. as well since one of the co-plaintiffs was uh, the Wadden Sea Association look here my cousin's a QC get in the back of the van can you tell us a little bit about the kind of the the human rights angle because that's that again that's not a thing that i can remember being 
put front and center of like environmental claims like what yeah i suppose the obvious question so, is like which, which humans and which rights were you saying or what did the judge say have been <laughs> been affected <here? laughs> yeah so basically we said we've all agreed that 1.5 degrees warming is like the um, the the threshold for for dangerous climate change right like and if you go above that you're risking uh you know loss of ecosystems um collapse of yeah, economic prosperity food supply and therefore also human rights so if you are with your actions contributing to all of that you are violating the right to um a family life and the the right to live um yeah so basically that is what it comes down to and that's also unique in a case um that this connection has been so well established and then the judge also refers to um yeah some specific human rights principles but those two the right to live and the right to a family life are uh, the key ones in this case Yeah, but we were able to sue them because they're based in The Hague and uh, they um, have their board basically in The Hague and the board decides what climate policy they're they're making for the entire group. So whatever Shell in The Hague is saying that they're going to do about climate policy, they have to do everywhere around the globe. Um, so even, so, so that, that seems quite important. So even though yeah. this is a court in the Netherlands talking about a company from the Netherlands the implications are for Shell's entire global operation. Absolutely, yeah. That's big. That's a big <laughs> thing. That's big. That's a yeah, big thing. Yeah, I know. There. Yeah. All right, we call it a draw. Right, whoa, 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 hang on. Right, oh. Hello. Dave here. Hello. Now, we're cutting away from the interview with Sharky just because at this point I was thinking... This is all very cool and everything, but aren't Shell going to do this just by replacing all of the light bulbs in their canteen with, like, nice, renewable ones <laughs> and making sure they have a cycle-to-work scheme? Isn't that how Shell are going to do this? No. No, that's not. You've misunderstood. <laughs> You've misunderstood oh. why this is so big. Um, why is this so big, Al? Well, I tell you, I'm not going to tell you why it's, gonna, why it's so big. Schalke's going to tell you why it's so big. It's really, really big. Big, big, would yeah. you, listen, shut up and listen. This is why it's really big. This is really big. If you've been listening to this so far thinking this doesn't sound big, you're wrong. <laughs> it's big. It's this big. Where were we? We're in danger of gonna, talking about something unbelievably jargon-tastic here, which is like scope, <laughs> and ready. scope one, scope two, and scope three emissions. And like... Those are the sort of oh, words that just hang make. On, hang on, hang on. They just make. I'm going to play the. I'm going to play the scope three emissions music. <laughs> Wait a minute. They just make the kind of. I you know. I just. I just look off into the distance when people start talking about scope one emissions. They I, zone I, out. I just don't. Yeah, they're it like. It just doesn't get me going. Yeah. But it's important, I think. And and it's super tell important. it so so scope yeah. one. As I understand it, am I right? Scope one and scope two emissions are like things that are either. A direct result of what you're doing. So if you if your yeah. company burns things to make its money, then you, that's your emissions. Or the indirect result of doing what you're doing, i.e., the electricity that you need to use, or the fuel to transport your people to work, that sort of stuff. And 
that's what companies like talking about because it, they can say, yeah, we can reduce, you know, we can put in new energy efficiency in our buildings, blah, blah, blah. Or as we've talked about in previous babbles, actually, uh, in the UK, there is a proposal that the oil industry will use renewable energy to extract oil from the North Sea. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, its oil rigs will be powered by <laughs> renewable energy. So, That's good. <laughs> so everything's fine. Um, but what this is saying is, and what this ruling has said, if I'm right, is that scope three emissions, i.e. all the stuff that happens as a result of your product, is going to be included. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that was like a super big thing for us. Yeah, I mean, that's a great explanation of, of what it is. Um, so for oil and gas companies, that is actually about... 85 90% of their overall emissions. So if that would have been excluded then, you know, it, it would have been I wouldn't say worthless, but it would definitely not been as effective. So um yeah, it's amazing that it's included. So basically what it is uh it's the use of the products that they sell. So when you go to the petrol station and you get petrol uh sold by Shell, then that is the scope 3 emissions of Shell. And Shell always likes to argue that, you know, that is not their responsibility, it's that of the consumers, etc. But we actually argue that that is the easiest of your emissions to reduce because you decide yourself what products you're selling, right? So if you decide you're going to sell less oil and gas, then your scope three emissions will go down. And if you maybe sell a little bit more of renewables, you know, like it shouldn't be that hard. Shouldn't be. Apparently <laughs> no. is. So it is, apparently is. And isn't complying with this thing, 45% by 2030 reduction, mostly which means selling less oil and gas to people, isn't that going to cost Shell a sodding fortune? And has... Shell said anything about that <laughs> at all? <laughs> do, you, do you know the funny thing is that our director said in one of the interviews uh, he's given that Shell will actually thank us in 20 years time for this verdict because you know the energy transition is happening you know whether Shell likes it or not you can see it outside of our verdict you know all sorts of reports being published lately uh, all sorts of other court cases going on like this is happening and you better jump on that bandwagon and um, yeah, join in on, on that energy transition. Um, so in a way, we are doing Shell a favor by making itself future proof. So uh, we've also tried to actually show in, in the, the hearings in this back in December um, that it's actually not impossible for, for Shell to change and that there's actually a lot of money to be made as well in the renewables industry. You know, I'm not much on speeches, but it's so gratifying to leave you wallowing in the mess you've made. You're screwed. Thank you. Bye. So is, is this kind of one of the reasons why it's so significant then, that the fact that, like... You're, you've essentially got the courts to do what the what governments have been sort of failing to do or, or, or grappling with, I suppose, to give them their dues. But it, is that one of the reasons why it's so massive? Yeah, 100%. And we also always say that this court case shouldn't have been necessary, you know? Right. This is 
totally something that governments should be doing. And also, it's a lot of work to do a court case, you know, it's like, I don't know, maybe five years of research costs a lot of money. It's it's exhausting. This is really not something that green NGOs should be busying itself with. You know, this is completely something that should be a government task. And we also really hope that this verdict shows to governments all over the globe that it's actually a lot easier to just regulate yourself and tell companies what they should be doing rather than waiting for NGOs to sue them one by one. Um, but, but to be clear, you will do that if forced. You will work your way through every <laughs> well, oil company in every country. That I mean, that would be great, wouldn't it? I mean, uh, for us, I think we're good for now. You know, we really need some time <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, sure, we will help every other organization that is trying to do similar things, you know. Uh, we have built up a lot of expertise, so happy to share that. Uh, I think, yeah, as I said, for us, some time to uh, reflect and sleep would, would also be nice, yeah. I think, you know, of course, the, the, you can see the acceleration of how society is mobilized, which I think is a good thing in general, because in the end, if you want to decarbonize the energy system, it is not about forcing people to take lower carbon supply, it is actually making sure that demand transforms to lower carbon uh, demand. And then we will supply the options that society needs. So we need to change the debate into a more mature debate where suppliers... I loved what, is it Ben van Buren, that's his name, isn't it, or something? Mm. The boss boss yeah. of Shell in Hoffin mm. Chief. I love what he said in response to the ruling, which is he said two things that contradict with each other at the same time. So didn't he say something like, well, we're appealing this, we're going to appeal this, and we, we think we'll win the appeal. However, we will comply. <laughs> what? Well, which which is it? Which which one are you going to do? But they they're um they're going to appeal this. And do you think honestly? Do you feel like on a, that maybe on appeal it might kind of get turned over? That that Shell aren't exactly going to let this one stand. I think first of all, if they're wise, they're they're not going to appeal. You know, um, the evidence for our case is only getting stronger and stronger. You know, there's new IPCC reports coming out showing that the climate crisis is not going away. It's only getting more serious. And yeah, also, like I said, this is not like an isolated case, right? In, on the same day as our verdict, there were things happening with Exxon, with Chevron, like there's uh, also lawsuits against states. I don't know if you saw it today, but there was uh, in Belgium, they won a, a verdict, uh, a lawsuit against the state. So, you know, you should see that really in conjunction with, with each other, you know, this is not an isolated thing. And I, I genuinely believe that, yeah, our evidence is only getting stronger. Um, so yeah, if Shell want to appeal, they are free to do that. But the judge was also really clear that they should start executing the verdict immediately. So, um, well, because it's only yeah. nine years, right? So if on the yeah. assumption that it applies, you better bloody well get on with it, Shell. Yeah. Otherwise, you yeah. are knackered, son. Right? Yeah. One of the things they were also saying is that they were just going to accelerate their current ambition, right? Their current strategy. Mm. Um, but 
the, the judge also said that their current uh, climate ambition is too vague and it's filled with reservations. You know, they always say in step with society this and they're only going to do this if society does this, you know. Oh, that pisses me off. That pisses me off so much. Whenever I see that, we'll, we'll do this in step with society. We, we won't go any if, slower, yeah. but we won't go any faster than society. It's like, be your yeah. shell. Your shell. I know. And, <laughs> and they have so much power, you know. Their, their emissions are so much bigger than a lot of nations and their influence is also so big. So that's also what the court said, you know. They said, you can't hide behind that anymore. The whole in step with society thing needs to stop right now so um yeah we're we're very curious to see what they're what they're going to come up with but just accelerating their strategy is not is not going to cut it so we we noticed uh, and a lot of people listening to this podcast probably will have noticed coverage of this case like it i i can't think of a environmental development recently that's been as that's traveled around the world as quickly as this one um uh, we've probably covered a couple of the reasons it's so significant but are, are there any other kind of things that in your opinion make this ruling so newsworthy and so significant um you know sort of precedents that it it sets yeah well it's actually the first time that a, that a court has told a company to stop causing dangerous climate change like that is really unprecedented and i think uh yeah that is that is historic you know in in itself um and yeah i think it also really fits within the wider trends that that we discussed you know that's it's not just shell that needs to change it's also other organizations that need to change and um yeah everyone is seeing that all around the globe and i think this definitely was a shock to a lot of boardrooms. Um, so, yeah, I think also, you know, for the investors of the oil and gas industry, uh, you know, they're they're reaching out to us saying, hey, what does this mean for us? You know, for politicians, they're reaching out to us. They, they want to know what, what it means. So this is not just impacting Shell. It's, it's impacting the financial uh, sector. It's impacting um, the political realm. It's impacting civil society you know uh, people that also want to start court cases so it's yeah it's quite quite big (laughs) (laughs) Shaka thank you so much and like thanks for winning what feels like (laughs) thanks for winning the (laughs) biggest thing like I, I we get on this podcast. We get quite excited about small things because you know you sort of got small people. you got to cling on to something. Uh, so when you see like I don't know a dormouse has been reintroduced, I get very excited. But this is really huge and like profound, and I'm so pleased you've done it. <laughs> I'm so pleased you've won, and thank you so much for coming yeah. to tell us. About it. <laughs> I'm just wondering, do you guys also feel a little bit more optimistic now about? you know, the, the climate crisis and, yeah, you know, because that's also kind of a big thing because it's always so depressing, isn't it? It's always, we don't ever get any good news. So it's kind of strange when, when we do get it, right? It's massive. Yeah. And the stuff we haven't, I mean, Ol and I, maybe I will talk about this in a minute, but the stuff about at the same time as your court case, 
shareholder activism for some other big oil yeah. companies where shareholders are starting to say, no, hang on a minute, sod off. And it just feels like these, there's actually, these oil companies are more fragile and more amenable to being forced to change than you might have thought. It's hugely, yeah, it's hugely inspiring. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much for cheering up not just me and Ol, but everyone who listens to Sustainable and even some people who don't. Um, if people want to find out more about you and maybe read more about the case and just in general keep up with what you're doing, how can they do that? So, of course, through our website. Um, when you Google Milieu Defensi, uh, there's also an English website that we have all the details about the court case. Um, and, of course, they can follow me and Milieu Defensi on Twitter as well. Yes. I am, ex- I am excited and optimistic. Do you? Hugely. Yeah. Like yeah. genuinely. You're, you're so optimistic. Your baseball cap has gone on the wrong way around. The correct way around. The correct <laughs> way around. I must stop conducting interviews wearing a baseball cap. <laughs> I forget. Particularly the wrong way around. <laughs> I forget how stupid I look. Anyway, what, yes. what, did you say, what were you saying? Optimism. Well, so... I Firstly, it's just an amazing thing. There is no way, I don't think, of... Like, it is always our job to sort of turn things over and go, yeah, but is it good really? Or, you know, what's going on? But there's no way of not going, that's absolutely massive, right? That is a, we should be absolutely categorically clear. We weren't just being nice at Schalke. That is a massive thing. Yes? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, it's why everyone was writing about it. And I don't just mean the environment section of The Guardian. It's like news. It's serious. It's, it's kind of what we were talking about a few weeks ago. It's like big boy politics. This is... yeah global level implications for big boy stuff and can i be totally honest with you about a thing what's you can bear to totally, and and yeah, bear with me don't and if you're listening to this and you have no intention to bear with me please bear with me like i you know when you hear that a judge has said a thing and you're like i actually can't quite believe that a judge has done that and we kind of got a bit of that out of Shagir in that chat, mm. right? There's mm. a little bit of that sense. Because what the, ju- the judge has basically said, like, loads of things that climate justice campaigners have always said. And and all of these things had to apply for the judge to conclude that Shell are a bunch of in-offs who have to cut their emissions sharpish, right? Which is like, climate change is a thing, A. Climate change is a thing that is really bad for people in this country, right? Like, now and in the future. Uh, human rights right to life type level yes that this massive company that has its headquarters here we are going to bloody well do something about that right which is something not all judges would necessarily say right that like this company is responsible for the emissions that people who shop in its forecourts drive off in right so like it's not shell and all these big companies will always argue yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but you know it's not it's shaky talks about it you know it's not it's not our fault if people fill up their car with oil we're just giving them oil and the judge has gone no no that is your fault you are on the hook for that and you have to bloody well stop it right and then to go and you've got nine years by the way to chop your emissions in half and i don't care if that costs you money like it stop killing people and the planet you bastards right and all of which is to say, if I was Shell, I would bloody well appeal that too. Because, like, that is a seismic conclusion for a judge to have reached, 
right? So it doesn't feel very I, judgy. I've I've done a bit. It, of, right. I've done a bit of campaigning in the past that has resulted in lawyers. To be clear, lawyers, not me, but lawyers, <laughs> but taking taking to uh, cases to to judges, and judges have always been quite quite reticent to go down the whole climate change is bad thing. Um, and so this doesn't yeah. feel very In judgy. This country. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel very judgy at all. Um, and who knows what will happen on appeal, right? But I think that was the thing about it that just got me most of all, because it kind of implies that all of the stuff, you know, and this must be the case, that all of the really rock-hard evidence for all of those things that underpins all of those points is now established enough that a judge would go, yeah, that looks savvy to me, right? Yeah. And think about, like, five, six years ago, like... The idea of a judge saying that stuff, the idea that you would have the weight of evidence and the weight of, like, international agreements on climate change to be able to do that. So it's just massively optimistic. It's just that I think Shell are going to fight this as hard as they possibly can because of the consequences to them and the amount of money they make, right? Throw me a frickin' bone here. I'm the boss. Need the info. I'm sure you're right. It, it seems... I mean, obviously, I don't know any detail, but it seems unlikely that they're just going to accept this because, not least because, as the judge made clear, like, yes, it might be more expensive for you to do this than to just carry on selling oil, like, but the climate is more important. So that, so they've basically said to Shell, I don't care if it costs you more money I mean, that's just to amazing. stop killing yeah. people. Stop killing people. Um, and so they're obviously going to say, well, we would like, to have more money, please, or at least that's what I would say if I was Shell. But it or, or more time, or more time, exactly. Um, so it is, it is just mind blowing. It's amazing. And the, and the other thing which we didn't have time to get onto um, when speaking to Schalke, but they they also rejected this idea of like, well, look, we could Shell, we could stop drilling this lovely oil and go and do something else. <laughs> but if we stop drilling this lovely oil, someone else is oh, only yeah. going to come along and drill it. So it may as well be us because, you know, we're nice. Oh, that uh, and, and the yeah. judges said, nope, don't buy that. And that is because, which brings me to my broader point, that is because things have changed and judges don't operate in a, in a, in a vacuum. Like, although the whole process of, of going to court feels like you're just playing a very kind of straight, narrow argument with some rules. Is it or isn't it, you know, technically complying with these rules? It is also true that the wider context matters, like how the public feels, what governments are doing, what other companies are doing, what the media will say. Like, judges never say that that matters, but it, it does matter. And this is basically a kind of representation of that because the world is shifting. Like, Net zero is a thing. Leave and, and what these judges are saying is leaving oil in the ground is just widely recognised as the best way to stop burning oil. So like I can't think of a better one. So really. I, I can't think of a good way. So I don't buy this argument that like someone else will come along because, you know, we, we are getting to the point where the world agrees that we've got to leave it in the ground. And that is just when you think about that, that's hugely exciting. Is the legal game in town, is it better to go after individual companies? Like, you might imagine in Britain, you go after BP, for example. You might imagine in the States. I mean, obviously, this is kind of happening, but, you know, if you're going to take this idea and run with it, is it better to do that? Or actually, as we talked about with Shalkia, like, is actually, you should be going after governments who should be going after 
companies to do this stuff, right? And I know it's not either or. I know the whole the whole point. Well, gonna, you yeah, know, the whole don't think it the, is the whole point. The whole point of having to take shell to court was because government wasn't doing it. But like, there's all sorts of reasons why governments aren't doing this stuff that kind of don't go away just because an oil company has been told to get its house in order, right? Like, there's still going to be an economy built around oil and gas. There's still going to be, you know, people who need to fill their cars up and who are a sort of voting constituency. So you kind of need, you still need governments, basically, is my point, to actually sort this shit out, right? And like, and it would be, I guess it it would feel dangerous just to kind of go, the only bastards in the room here is Shell, or the only bastards in the room here is BP, and let off the hook, not just, like, the choices that we all make, and, you know, to an extent we all have choice, not vastly, but to an extent we do, but also the entire way the economy works and kind of what governments do about it. Yeah, you you can't do this and let governments off the hook. But what I think is exciting about this is that the, I mean, Shell and all the oil companies have, have been pouring all of their effort into lobbying the shit out of governments <laughs> to yes. make sure that governments don't regulate them or at least don't, you know, set the rules and the conditions that mean Shell have to do things faster than they would really like. And Very successfully, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Very successfully, yeah. yeah. And, and, and what's exciting about this is, you know, this has gone round the back and said, you know, when you were spending all your time trying to get the government to not create dodgy conditions for you well bad luck it turns out the rules that apply to governments apply to you as well so i think it's brilliant i think it's it's fantastic campaigning strategy i mean i I get your point like responsibility just doesn't lie with one sector with one company with one entity like it is true that to to an extent everyone is responsible but i don't think you could I don't think you can really say that by targeting Shell, other people's responsibility diminishes. No, good, good Lord, no. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I just think, like, no, not at all. Not, I don't think that in the slightest. I just think, like, it's really, if I had to pick, if I had to pick one bunch of Inhofs to go after, it wouldn't be the oil companies. So, it would so be... Well, I, so I know, binary. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just, just, some people have been responding to it. Some Who? of the sort of more ferocious climate justice warriors, what I know, have been responding to it by going, yes, but until governments get their shit in order, like, we shouldn't have to be picking off these oil companies one by one. That's the only thing I'm saying. And I but think that, we could all agree with that, uh, I don't know, whilst I, also uh, not being binary I don't have oh, much, here we I go. don't have much time for it because that that suggests that campaigners are not having a go at governments and trying to get governments to get their shizzle yeah, right. together which they are um yes governments absolutely need to be doing more as we've discussed ad nauseum on the babble and there is a yawning gap between what they are planning to do and what they are doing and that gap has got to stop yawning yeah shut its gob Shut his gob. Shut your gob, Gap. <laughs> Stop showing us your tonsils, Gap. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have much time for that argument. Is what I'm saying. that is just about it for another episode of Babel thank you very very much Schalke for winning and like beating the Inhofs that's 
just yes. incredible. Uh, and thank you for speaking to us uh, from what she said was a very, very hot Amsterdam. Uh, so, yeah, much uh, gratitude to you. Thank you, Dave, for babbling from a rainy London. Um, and, you know, well done for coping with that. Uh, and thank you, as ever, to Dickie Moore for the music that begins, ends and it twinkles this podcast. And I've lost Dave. He is not there. Oh, he's back. I'm, I'm sorry. That, uh, did you say something? You froze. I don't know if you're ignoring me as well, but your your picture froze. Oh, yeah. Very good. What? Good. Um, are we finished now? No. What do I need to do? What, who do I need to thank? Shut up, Dickie Moore. Shut up. I've so done, Dickie. Shut up. Have Shut you up. done? Uh, what do we need to do? You do the rest, rest of it. You did very well. That's <laughs> your best performance for ages. <laughs> You've frozen, oh, you've frozen again, again, you bastard. Thank you to Arthur Stovall, who does the logo, uh, which adorns our website and our T-shirts that you can buy on our website at wobblywobblywobbly.sustainababble.fish. Yeah, stop freezing. Is that your internet or mine? Anyway, tell people how they can get in touch. Uh, you can sit in a field and you can listen to your inner sadness and then you can cuddle it and you can say hey inner sadness don't worry sometimes you win is that what you meant I don't know what you've said or they can drop us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish they can find us on the internet by going to Facebook and looking for sustainababble or they can help do the Twitter at the babble wagon at the babble wagon on the Twitter understand. Yes? I don't understand I, how they, I can't you're do you're so it. good at the rest of it I'm and just so I, bad at that bit Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Uh, have you done the bit about Patreon again, reminding people about that? No. You can give us your money by going to www.patreon.com forward slash sustainable. Right. Very good. I'm trusting you have done everything. If you haven't, say it now. I've done everything. Very good. I am off to celebrate the heroic slaying of a Goliath by a bunch of very cool Dutch Davids. Yes? Superb, me too. Bye! Bye!